0: Today's message is from our Core Values series. In this series, we'll be discussing how we make our decisions, what we care about, and the DNA of who we truly are. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God. It's a beautiful name, right? The Bible says in Acts chapter 4 that there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. So, we believe that here at City Lights. And there's something about the power, there's something about the name of Jesus just to speak it does something to me. This morning we're starting a brand new series that we're calling Core Values. And if you are new here, then um, we again want to welcome you. If you're coming and you're like, hey, I didn't even know we had those, well we do. There's some pictures hanging up on this wall out here. There's a word with a description. Those are our five core values. And for the next five weeks for the month of October, we go through those every Sunday. And by the end of the month, what we hope you'll know is this one, who we are, what we care about, and why we do what we do. We don't want any confusion in that city lots. We want to bring clarity. We want to help you understand because we're reaching a lot of people. There's a lot of people that are making decisions for Christ that are getting connected to this ministry. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to be a place where you just come and sit. We want you to come serve. We want you to come get connected to what God is doing here. In order for you to do that, we want to bring some clarity to exactly who we are and what matters to us while we do what we do. And so this morning as I was as praying and, and, and asking God just to help prepare, prepare my heart to share a message with you, I wanted to just share this with someone this morning that's skeptical, that's doubting, that's been hurt by the church or by another Christian, You have a savior, we have a savior that we believe here who loves you unconditionally. And at City Lots, we're committed to meeting people where they are. And what that means is there's no pretense. Uh, We don't care where you've been, where you've come from, what you believe, what you don't believe. We welcome you. We think that's what Jesus would do. That doesn't mean that we wanna just leave you there in that confusion or that hurt or pain, but we're willing to meet you there. So this morning our scripture has found us in the book of Colossians chapter 2. Paul's writing to a church there and he says, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea. And for many other believers who have never met me personally, verse 2 says, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. man that's the prayer for this church is that we would be encouraged and, 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 and brought together. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan. Now here's the thing, when you read from Genesis to Revelation and you find things that confuse the crap out of you when you read Leviticus and you're like, what does this even have to do with anything? And you get the revelations and you can't find out if it's real or if it's figurative. If it's like, is there really going to be this ten-headed monster that comes up out of the Pacific Ocean and all that? And you get confused. The plan is this. Just always look to Jesus. The Old Testament is pointing to the cross. Everything in the New Testament points back to the cross. It's all about Jesus, the the beautiful name of Jesus. He wants us to have confidence that we understand this. He's saying, it's Christ himself. When there's confusion and things you don't understand, just remember the name of Jesus. Verse 3 says, in him, Jesus, lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. There's some things that you're going to be searching for in the world that you can't find unless you're seeking at the foot of the cross. Amen. Verse 4 says, Paul says to them, he says, I'm telling you this so that no one, no one will deceive you, leave me here, with well-crafted arguments. And we're in this 21st century, this postmodern Christian world where secularism and and materialism is really taking over and there's some confusion about what is truth. I think even for for some reason, and we're, we're trying to fight that here at City Lights. The gospel of Jesus Christ has been watered down, and sometimes there's some, some gray areas, things that we don't understand really. And Paul's saying, hey, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by these things, verse 5. For though I am far away from you, and I rejoice that you are living as you should. Now, here's, this is pretty remarkable, because Paul is commending the church of Colossians. If you go to the book of Galatians and you read that first chapter, he's blasting them. He's not very happy with them. So something is going on at the church of Colossians. They're doing some things that are pleasing to the Lord. And I can't help but pray and desire and wonder this morning as the father looks down upon city lights, could he say, Hey, I'm well pleased with you city Lots. You're doing the things that you should. You're not living perfectly. You're not sinless, but because of my grace, you are sinning less. I rejoice that you are living as you should and that your faith in Christ is strong, verse six. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, listen to this, you must continue to follow him. Will you pray with me? God, we're so grateful that we can come to your word this morning. We're so grateful that Paul wrote this letter to the church in Colossians, the Colossian church, that we can learn from this, that we can lean into this. God, that we pray that your word will become alive. Speak to me this morning, to your people. God, have your way this morning. Holy Spirit, continue to flow through this atmosphere. God, as we go into worship now through the proclamation of your word, may you anoint my lips. May you anoint the ears that hear. May you be high and lifted up. May people see you, Father, and not me. In Jesus' name, we pray, Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you so much, Angela. Well, as I said, we're starting a new series called uh, Core Values, and um, we just recently established these. And for those of you who don't know, you may be watching online. You're here. Our church just celebrated three years old. Uh, we turned three years old about three weeks ago, and so we're a, we're a baby church in a lot of ways. And um, for the first. Two and a half years, we really didn't have any core values. And people would ask me, hey, what do you, what do you guys value? And I'm like, I don't really know, man. We're just trying to, we're just trying to get into this and figure this thing out. And we, we did a volunteer service this morning. And I asked them this way. How many people are married in here? Then you're going to feel me on this. When you get engaged, you have an idea of what marriage is like, right? Yes? Is it just me or you all this morning? I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I can't, I can't tell, but when you, when you get engaged, you have an idea of what marriage is going to be like. But how many of you know, you really don't know what marriage is like until you're a couple years into that bad boy, right? That's the same with church. When we started this church, we had an idea of what it was going to be, but you don't know until time goes by a little bit. And so as we establish these core values, they've always made sense to me, but you just, there's just some things you don't know. You have to let the Father revealed to you and so now we feel we're at a time where we want to begin sharing these and casting vision for these and so we want you to know what we care about who we are and why we do what we do and I think at the end of these five weeks it's going to bring you great clarity to that so our number one core value is Jesus now I think the most Christian thing you could say or the most churchy thing is well of course it is pastor shouldn't be Jesus shouldn't Jesus be number one well the obvious answer is yes he should be but let's be real Let's be really real, if we can. There are those of us in here, we claim to follow Christ, but we don't always put him first, right? There's times I certainly, I put him second, third, fourth. And so the, the obvious isn't always obvious. But here's what I want you to know. Yes, Jesus should be number one, and he is number one here at City Lights. That may seem pretty obvious, but what I want to help you understand today and bring clarity to is, why is he number one here? What does that mean for us? What does that mean for you? What does that mean for our future, at City Lots, we have a vision. We call it, basically, it's five for five. We want to plant five more churches or another campus in the next five years. That's our five-year vision. We are a church plant, meaning a couple years ago, me and a group of people got together, started praying and dreaming and believing about what God could do. We continued to grow. We continued to reach more people. Our volunteers stepped up. Our volunteers are the backbone of this ministry. They began serving and reaching more people. And so we planted the gospel seed in this community. We're watching God grow it. Um, we want to plant more churches. If you were here three weeks ago when we celebrated our third birthday, we sent off church planters Derek and Brittany McCarter to South Knoxville. They're planting a church called Shift Church. Matter of fact, they're meeting this morning. Let's see what time it is. They started 20 minutes ago. They're, they're having a preview service at Bonnie Kate Elementary in South Knoxville. And so they're gathering right now. Derek and his wife are with us for two years. Um, and we want to just be kingdom minded. We want to plant five churches or another campus of City Lights in the next five years. So what that means to us is we want to be kingdom-minded. We don't want to just grow this church, right? We don't want to just grow our kingdom come. We want to grow his kingdom. Now, do we want this ministry to grow? Yes, we do. We're going to talk about that. But we want to be kingdom-minded. So we have this vision that's five for five, planting five churches or another campus in the next five years. Now, that is, that's kind of the, the why of this is why we do what we do is our vision to multiply, to make disciples who make disciples. The what, if you will, would be what we call our mission statement. And so our mission statement at City loss is this. We want to lead people into a growing and authentic relationship with Jesus. That is our mission here. Now, again, you'd say, Pastor, it's pretty generic. I mean, don't all churches want to do that? No, they don't. No, they don't. But there's two key words that I want you to grasp into this grasp on, hang on to. We exist to lead people into a growing relationship. What that means is we're not interested in people praying a one-time prayer and being like, I'm good now, madam I'm ready to go. I'm glad I got that taken care of. I got my insurance policy. Because things that are alive, they should be growing. So we want to lead people into a growing relationship, a developing. And then this next word is equally important to me, and, and authentic, a growing and authentic, because... I feel like, certainly with my experience, especially with here in the South, our culture, our relationship with Jesus sometimes is not authentic. It's made up of rules and religion and tradition and things that have no place in the gospel or in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we want to be real. We want to be transparent. We don't want to make any apologies for who we are. In that growing and in that authentic relationship doesn't mean that we use our faults and weaknesses as an excuse to sin. It just means that we are who we are and we're unapologetic about that. So if you're here this morning, you're watching online, this is what we want to do with you. We want to help you grow and be authentic in your relationship with Jesus. If you're here this morning and you're skeptical or you're you're doubting, you're like, I don't even know where I am in all this, that's okay as well. But one day we're going to grab you. We're going to lead you into a growing and authentic relationship with Jesus. This is really what we want to do with every single person that comes through our doors. With the kids downstairs right now, we want to help them understand Jesus on their level so that they can grow. And have an authentic relationship with him. This is why we exist. I I feel like what Paul wrote to the church there, especially in verse 6, we just read this. Let's go to that showcases what our mission is Paul said and now say now with me and now one more time and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord so this idea that it happened before it was past tense but he says and now you must continue to follow him so there's this idea that if I'm in Christ and Christ is in me I continue to grow I don't just become complacent or comfortable I stretch I stretch I grow in him I must continue there's been times in my life, even as a Christ follower, where what I realize I've done is for maybe a season, season of six months, it's a year, two years, three years, where all I've lived off of was the bread that I ate six or 12 months ago with Jesus. I'm quoting scripture I learned as a child, I'm not learning anything new. I'm not learning anything new about the Father other than what I already know about Him. And Paul says, and now just as you made that commitment then, you've got to make it today and tomorrow and next week and the week after. And so one of the things I want you to know if you're a Christ follower here is it's not okay to come here and just be comfortable. We want to stretch you. We want to challenge you. We want to provoke you, not to fighting or anything like that, but just provoke thought in you. Paul says, just as you accepted him, you must continue to follow him. So that's right along with kind of where we get this idea that we want to lead people into a growing and authentic relationship with Jesus. And so, again, each week we're going to go through one core value. We have five of those. This week is week one, Jesus. And if you look at these pictures out here on the wall, I encourage you to look at those. There's like, if you will, like a sentence or a description underneath And I'm going to call that for the next five weeks, our bottom line or what you call a sermon in a sentence. So Jesus for us is he is the foundation. He is everything and in all things. He is the foundation. He is everything and in all things. This is really important uh, description of of why we have this core value. And I'm going to explain each one of these as we get going in this message. As we get back to Paul's book, again, he's writing, this, he's writing to this church. He's commending them. and He's telling them, hey, listen, you've got to keep growing. I'm really proud that your faith is strong, but don't stop now. And this is what he says in verse 7 as we continue. He says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. You see this foundational idea. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow With thankfulness, verse 8 says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. So if we break that bottom line down and you break that description down, then I think what this scripture shows right here is he is the foundation. Paul said, let's be built on him. So what that means for us at City Lights is everything that we do here. I need you to grasp this. Everything we do here is because of and for of him. He is our groom, and as his bride, we trust him. He is the defining metric for everything that we do. Every decision we make here, how we spend every single penny, how we make every single decision is because he is our number one, and we build our foundation on him. The idea behind that is this, that if we build it up on him, and just like Paul was teaching here at this church Alright, he's writing back to them, there's some false teaching going on. That's why he says, hey, don't let people capture you with these philosophies. This high-sounding nonsense. What he meant was, there's some really intelligent things out there that sound really intelligent. And they kind of make sense. And you want to grasp onto them. He said, don't believe those philosophies. And so another reason for us to have the foundation, our, Jesus has our foundation, is so that we stick to the truth, Cody. That we don't get swayed left or right. With things that seemingly sound right, but he is our foundation. We everything we do, we build from him up. And that doesn't mean that we're not gonna make mistakes here at City Lots. It doesn't mean that we're not gonna get things wrong. But what it means is if he is our foundation, we cannot crumble below him. And at worst, if we fall, we land on him. And we will fall, and we have fallen. He is the foundation. At City Lost, because of that, we always want to navigate towards truth in a world of gray. Listen, 2,000 years ago, Paul's writing this letter to a church where there's some false teaching going on. There's some secular ideas that are getting integrated into the church. It's not much different today, really. There's some confusion. And so if we are founded on him, if we are built on him, Brooklyn then he holds us to true north, if you will. And because of that, because he's our foundation, what Paul's telling them, hey, don't get caught up in the tradition of men. I, don't, I mean, I'm sure it's a problem out west and in the north and all those other places, but in the south, we are ridiculously um, troubled by the tradition of men in the church. Listen, when your church, or if our church ever comes, becomes more concerned with how we do things than why we do things, that's tradition, If we ever get more concerned about what color the carpet is than the people that are dying without a relationship with Christ, that's tradition, and you can go back to your granny's church. I'm sure your granny's a sweet lady. (laughs) But we're not getting caught up in the tradition of men here. He is our foundation. And because of that, that means this too. That means we're going to constantly be trying new things, Jesse and Hillary, to reach new people. It's not always going to be a certain way here. The music you hear today was not what you heard two weeks ago when we did our throwback Sunday service. It may not be what you hear next week. And let me tell you this. We always want to be a church that's constantly changing. So if you're coming here to find a place to get comfortable because you like how things are, you better not sit here too long because it could be changing week to week. And we will do short of sin whatever it takes to reach people for the gospel of Christ. So if you come here and say, I like it like that, well, it might not be like that two weeks from now. If it's not working, we're going to stop it. But he is our foundation. And so everything we do is because of and for him. He is the foundation here at City Lies. Paul says this in verse 9. He said, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God. Let me hear For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So what he was saying here is, you know, we believe that Jesus was fully man and fully God. Some of the false teaching that was happening in the church of Colossians, there was this idea that there was a a separation between the spiritual and material world that Jesus couldn't, or excuse me, that God couldn't really communicate because he was so much up here and we were down here in material. And so when Paul's saying this, it's more than just the promise and truth. He's letting them know that, hey, there is this connection that, yeah, God was the spiritual, but he also brought his son down here and his son was fully God and, and fully man as well. Verse 10, he says, so you also are complete through your union with Christ. No shocker, leave me here, please, just for a moment. You're complete with your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Something else I feel like we have to protect here at City Lots, we have to be mindful of, not even just at this church, if you're a Christ follower, let's not even, let's just take City Lots out of the picture for a moment, is we have to be very careful when we tell people that they need Jesus plus something else, because the scriptures say that we are complete in Him. A lot of times what we teach in the South and in our culture is what we call behavior modification. If you'll stop talking that way, if you'll stop dressing this way, if you'll stop smoking cigarettes, if you'll stop drinking wine, if you'll stop thinking like that, you and Christ will be good. Well, no, 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 no. no. Either the cross was enough or it wasn't. I'm not saying there aren't things that you shouldn't stop doing. But I'm just saying we have to be careful when we say Jesus plus something else equals salvation. No, it's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And so that's the next thing. He is everything. He is the foundation. He is everything. And Paul says, listen, if you are in Christ and Christ in you, don't miss this, believer. That you are complete. We have the fullness of God in us. But by the way, I think I should tell you this. The fullness of God is something to be enjoyed, not a status to be achieved. You just enjoy it. You've received it. You don't achieve it, Jeremy. Paul said we're complete in Him. So that means this, that when I receive what Jesus did on the cross, and when I say receive it, it is a gift. I believe it. I commit my life to following Him. I confess who I am and my need for Him. In that moment, I'm complete. Now, I'm still a little jacked up. But in God's eyes, I'm complete. I don't need anything else. And just to be really honest with you, I don't need anyone or anything to confirm that. Amen? See what I did there? Y'all didn't catch it, did you? Go back and listen to the podcast. You might catch it. I don't need anything or anyone to tell me what I need if I'm in Christ. I have all that I need, I have the fullness of Him. I don't need a single thing. I don't need your religion. I don't need your laws. I don't need your judgment. I don't need your condemnation. I'm complete. That means that He is everything. If He can do that for me, then He is everything that I could ever need. His grace is sufficient for all my needs. I don't need, listen, my wife's downstairs, and man, I love her. We're fixing to celebrate an anniversary in 19 days, October 20th. Been with her 14 years. I love my wife. But she does not validate me. She does not complete me. My Savior does that. And only He could do that. And it's not fair for me to look at anybody else in the world and expect them to do that. Your kids won't do that as much as you think they can. He is everything. And if He is everything, then that means for us, and he is in all things. So he is the foundation. He is everything and in all things. Listen to me. A couple years ago, uh, well, about 18 months ago, I had a meeting with this lady that was attending our church. Her husband was involved. Her kids were coming. It was uh, like a family of five or six. And listen, when you're a young church and a family of five or six comes, you're like, hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> you're like your attendance increases big time, just like that. <laughs> and she wanted to meet with me. And uh, she said, I have some questions for you, Pastor. And I mean this very respectfully, as respectful as I can be. Anytime someone's ever wanted to meet, and I just knew, like, there's some things I'm leaving out, but I knew by the email exchanges that we had shared, generally what what type of questions she was going to ask me. And typically, only really churchy and traditional people ask me the type of questions that she did, which is okay, but I just knew where it was going, and I wasn't really feeling it to begin with. But like I said, they were a family of five, so I had to go to the meeting. (laughs) So we, we go to the meeting, we sit down and this lady's very kind, very respectful and she's saying things like, hey, we, you know, we love the church here. We, we love what God's doing. We believe in it and we, we see you growing. We believe in the things that you speak. We love your messages. Amen. She said, we just have one problem. And I was thinking, well, hey, man, listen, if you just have one problem, we can probably work this out because there's a lot that could be wrong with this. She said, my, my only complaint is that, paraphrase, she said, I feel like you have an unrealistic expectations of how this church should be operated. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she knew this because her husband was serving and she was doing a little volunteer like um, work through the week. I said, what do you mean? She said, I feel like your expectation of people is too high. People have jobs, you know, volunteers, they work 40, 50 hours a week, they have kids, they have families, and what you're expecting is just too much out of them. I think that you should uh, let people do, you know, what they can, when they can. That I had an unrealistic expectation. And this is what I told her then, and it's what I tell you today. Um, I respect her opinion and was grateful that she shared that with me. But I respectfully disagree with her. And I still feel the same way today. And let me tell you why. At, G's, at City Lights, he is our number one. He is everything He's everything that we build our foundation on. And because He's everything, we believe that He is also in all things. Now, let me just break this down, okay? Hang with me. We believe that He is in every single thing that we do here. Every single thing that we do. When, this, when we say all, we don't mean some, I mean all things. From the way we spend our money, it matters. Hear, hear me. To how our volunteers dress, it matters. From the quality of people on this stage, it matters. To the quality of curriculum that is chosen for our city kids, it matters. From the way these lights are lit and do they match the background on the screen, it matters. The sound, it matters our balloons outside, they matter. Our signs matter because Jesus is in all things. And there's this problem here in the South where, well, we're just the church, Pastor, and we're supposed to be really graceful and compassionate and kind. And we absolutely should because if we've experienced what we've received from the cross, then when we ought to equally be willing to to give it back to other people. And we should be different from the world and live in it and not of it and blah, blah, blah. I get all that. But here's the deal. If Jesus, if if He is in all things and everything we do is because of and for him should we not be giving our best should we not be giving our best i mean it ought to be our absolute best it may not be the best but i tell our leaders and volunteers it better be our best everything matters and listen i'm going to tell you i'm going to get nitty-gritty just to let you know how much i mean the angle of these chairs right here they matter right cody The angle of this chair, that's not just lined up by just good eyesight. The number of chairs from row to row to row, some thought went into that. The reason we park you and wave and say, hey, park right here. The reason we encourage you to sit in the front from inside out front to back is because here's the thing. If you know what we do. Okay, but if you know why we do it, we want people that are coming here for the first time, we want to answer every question they have before they even ask it. We're going to tell you, hey, this is where you need to park. We've got signs for where you need to go for city kids. We're going to help you get a seat. Why? Because Jesus is in all things. Listen to me. I believe this with all my heart. Nothing here is more important than the other. What I'm doing right now is no more important than the man behind that camera, the person who checked your kids in, the person who will open that door when you leave at ten thirty so you don't knock the sign out over behind it that says please use first entrance on the side. Services started. Everything matters because Jesus is in all things. And if we are going to represent the king, it better be our best. We cannot use God's sovereignty as an excuse for our mediocrity. Well, it's just the church, Peyton. You need to just chill out a little bit. No, it is the church, and I'm going to hype it up just a little bit because he deserves our best, and it's got me spitting up here now. He is in all things. He is the foundation. He is everything. Listen, and and here's the thing. If you don't know me, if you don't know this church, then that can sound very pretentious, like, oh, you're just putting on a show. No. We're just gonna give our best. And every detail matters here. Every detail matters. Every detail. Every detail matters. To how you walked in. If those connection cards, if, are they in a certain order on every chair? You're like, okay, now you're just getting OCD. No, 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 no. Yes, but. Yes, but. But Jesus matters. Jesus matters. And I mean this with all my heart. To the person, it was Tammy this morning, I believe. To the person who goes and straightens those out, that's no, no less important than the message I'm bringing right now. That's how we feel here. Jesus is a really big deal to us. Now in that, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to get it wrong. But if he is our foundation, there's no way that we can fall without him catching us. So if you know what we do, I'm going to tell him this story too. I'm getting sidetracked, but I see my notes right there, so I'm good. We had this person one time, we were talking about this in our volunteer service. This actually was not last Christmas. It was the Christmas before I was thinking about it. And when we were portable, we were meeting at Clinton High School and um, Christmas services are always really big for us. So it's important that we seat people. And let me tell you why. We're not trying to be dictators and be like, you have to sit here, thus saith the Lord. (laughs) But listen, (laughs) There's just some things you wouldn't understand if I told you, but we want to see people from front to back, inside out. It's just the way we want to do things, okay? We want to, when you come in, we don't want you to, have to feel like you have to look around. Plus, when you come in here after the service starts, it's dark in here, man, right? You better have some Jesus in you so you can see the light to find a seat. <laughs> we know that. But at our Christmas service, we were at meeting at Clinton High School, and it was very, you know, Clinton High School, a bigger auditorium, but it was three sections or four sections like this. And because it's always packed out, we don't have, you know, we we can't let people have 13 chairs in between them, all right? Bunch of Baptists, you're trying to get your space. So we started like this section, and we were following them, seat, 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 row, 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 you know what I'm saying? And we had this person after the service who felt, I'm talking, listen, it's Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Let me remind you, okay? And it's a phenomenal service. Hundreds of people were there. Our worship team killed it. I'm pretty sure I, my message was the best ever. Just great. Thank you. Our volunteers, the game was, I mean, it was just, you know, one of those nights it was like all the cylinders hit, like nothing else. I mean, Jesus, hallelujah, this is it. We don't even have to have church again because everybody's saved and going to heaven. <laughs> After the service, some lady wrote on her connection card basically this, your seat greeters are Nazis. That's a true story. That's the, she really used the N-word, too. <laughs> and let me tell you what's crazy about that, too, is one of the, our volunteers who's still here, she's actually not here this morning, but she still actively volunteers here. She was the one, I believe, that found it, like, first or second. Here's what's crazy about all that. Hundreds of people there that night, this one volunteer finds this, your seat greeters are Nazis, and her grandmother or papa, I think it was her grandmother, was actually a Holocaust survivor. And I remember she, I don't know, I don't know this about preachers, but let me tell you, like, right before the service and right after the service, don't come up and tell me anything important, all right, because I ain't there. Don't be asking me to make decisions, because I'll say yes and then regret it, or I'll say no and hurt your feelings, like, let's just shake hands, let's love, let's go have lunch, have a good day, email me on Monday, okay? Like, I'm focused, I don't even know if it makes sense, I get so locked in on this. What? Hold on, what was it? Oh, yeah, so she came to me, yeah, she comes to me right after the service, and, uh, and it hurt me because of her. And I remember thinking, what a great night. I mean, our volunteers crushed it. They were friendly. They were killer. And so I emailed that lady after Christmas <laughs> so I could have some wisdom and not just respond immediately. But you know what? I stood up for our volunteers. And let me tell you something. If you ever speak bad about them and there's not any truth to it, I will confront you in a loving way. I will. Why we do what we do matters. If you see what we do, but you don't understand why, then you will call us Nazis, right? And then you'll be getting a Facebook message from me. And if Jesus overturned some money tables and got a little rowdy, then so can this young pastor, okay? He is in all things. So what I'm saying is everything matters here. Everything. But Jesus matters the most. And I want to share this before we just wind down. Yes, he's in all things, and we want to give our best. And, I mean, down to like the teeny-tiniest matter, it matters here. But at the end of the day, I want you to know this. I know this. Our team knows this. Our leadership team knows that God will build his church not us. Our job is just to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. And if you put those two in context, it makes sense. Jesus said, hey, go make disciples. And he also said, I'll build my church. So we believe that God has a plan, and we have a part. But his plan is really, really big. And even when we mess our part up, he's the one that gives the growth. We know that here. We don't think the right lights bring life to you. We just think it helps the camera shot. So (laughs) Lighten up a little bit. Good Lord. (laughs) Lord. Let's finish this party out. Verse 11. Colossians 2, verse 11. Paul said, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure, to any of my men who came to Christ a little later in life. Are you amen? Are you glad? (laughs) I love you, Jesus, but I just don't know, right? When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Listen to this. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with Him you were raised to new life. Has anybody been raised to new life in Christ? That's what baptism means. It's symbolic of I go down in the grave like Jesus did, but I come up just like He did as well. And with Him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God. We trust the mighty power of God here at City Arts, And we believe it's mighty. It's not ordinary. It's not mundane. It's not a God kind of can do this. No, He can split the sea and He can raise the dead. And the same Spirit that rose Him from the dead is the one that lives in us. So we have mighty power as well you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead verse 13 says listen you were dead because of your sins if you're in Christ I want you to hear this and don't miss it before you came to him you were dead not physically dead but you were spiritually dead one of my pastors he's on my elder board he pastors the Ridge Church in uh, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee he reads it like this he always says you were dead boom, bam, that was it Pastor Bobby boom that was it you were done you were done for he says you were dead because of your sins and listen because your sinful nature was not yet cut away we don't live in this world where we're born into it and we're just in good standing David says surely I was born sinful from my mother's womb anybody that has young babies knows that's true right Look, then God, then God, then God made you alive with Christ. Who made you alive? Can we fade these down to down the last place? You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive. Listen, nothing you did. Don't miss this for the person who's feeling guilty about something you've not been doing or been trying to do. God made you alive. He made you alive. You are complete in Him. You did nothing. That is the goodness of who He is. That is the message that we proclaim here. It's not about us. We have a part, but it's initiated by Him. Then God made you alive with Christ. Listen, this is so good right here. Worship team, don't miss this, I know. For He forgave all our sins. He forgave all our sins. Now listen, I don't know why, but we're really good at like making this word say some. We feel like there's some sins God can forgive, but some He can't. Like God can forgive me of being hateful, but can He forgive me of going through a divorce? god can forgive me of getting that speeding ticket but will he forgive me if i put that needle in my arm one more time god will forgive me being mean but will god forgive me if i don't show up we you put unrealistic expectations on yourself that shouldn't even be on there Listen, we believe that God is a promise maker. and He's a promise keeper. And he made the promise that he forgave all of our sins. And if he made it, he'll keep it. What I'm going to say can make it sound a little arrogant, okay? But I'm just going to trust that the Spirit will testify with your spirit what I'm fixing to say. We need to quit walking around so heavy-hearted and heavy burdened and guilty of all these things that we feel like we've done and just claim the promises that I'm forgiven, I'm a child of God, and I'm forgiven, and I need His grace every day, but I'm not carrying that weight anymore because the price has already been paid. And did you know this, that when you don't accept that, when you don't embrace that, and you continually go out and do these things again, the Scripture says that basically you put Jesus, it says that there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin is what Hebrews said. So it's basically every time you don't claim the fullness of God and walk around in that, you're basically putting Jesus back up on the cross and putting the nails through His hands again all our sins are forgiven. That's good news. Somebody's heart should have just dropped a little bit and said, thank you, God. I see I'm spitting. I can't stop it. It's terrible. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. Listen, verse 14. This is beautiful right here. He canceled the record of the charges against us. Anybody got some credit card companies that would you love to just call and be like, hey, we've canceled all your debt. You're good. Amen, Ryan. Yeah, that's what Jesus did. He canceled the record of charges against us. And listen, he took it away by nailing it to the cross. If he did that, there's no reason you need to put him back up there. Thanks so much for tuning in today. God is doing incredible things in this ministry. And if he's used this message to speak to your heart, please share that story at mystory@citylightsac.org. Thank you so much for tuning in again.